Um, I wanted to circle back slightly to uh, I mentioned about people who just want to go back to work. There was a period of time in our country where we had people on the steps of government buildings brandishing weapons because they wanted to go back to work. What what were your thoughts when you saw that in the news cycle? Ah, okay. So are you referring to when we were in the beginning stages of COVID and, and there were states opening up quickly to get the economy going so that people could go back to work? Well, yeah, there was, there, was, there was sort of a groundswell from the, um, the middle of America, more so, where people were like demanding that they wanted to go back to work. What were yeah, you, what? I mean, I think, I think it was middle America. I think it was the South. Like, I think there was a lot of states that just quickly opened yeah. without thinking through the repercussions. And now we're seeing it all circle back with all of these states that, you know, COVID is rampant. And so I can relate, right? Like I understand from an, from the economy perspective, wanting the economy to not tank and you want your, you want the people of your state to go back to work and you want everything to be back to normal. But I do think that health, it's like, what good is your job if you die, right? Like your health is the most important thing. And I think that was sort of overlooked through these past four months in many states, yeah, I, except New York. I think New York, we, I think we did such a great job of putting people's lives at the forefront of what we do, decisions that we make. Yeah, I agree with that. We did not bow to the pressure of other states and we just kind of just said we're gonna we're gonna do this thing the way we're gonna do it and that's it like even if other people were having success opening up or it seemed like success we were like we're good we're gonna stay here on this path we're we're gonna stay along this line and that's that yes yes absolutely and i think cuomo has a lot to do with it he kind of stood his ground and was like no i'm not i'm using data and i think that that was the smartest thing and that's that's I guess that's that's very unfortunate. You have data out there, but you just choose not to use it. Yeah, and we're seeing that now. Look at Florida, Texas, yeah, well, at Arizona, right? Like, there's so many states that just proceeded. Yeah, like not even putting on the brakes slightly. It was like let's just <laughs> roll through that stop sign yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It is so sad. I I saw a a video you did where you talked about social distancing versus physical distancing. Mm -hmm. Could you expand on that point? Yeah, I think, you know, we were, and we still, and I'm guilty of it too, we have been using the word social distance because that was the word that came out. And I think that that's really alienating because I remember in the beginning part of the quarantine, I was walking to a deli and I, there was like nobody in sight and I passed by one person and they just moved so far away and they just looked scared. They looked scared that there was another person on the street. And I thought to myself, this is, this is so sad that this is happening because there was absolutely six feet of distance between us, but it was almost this like fearful look in that person's eyes. And at that moment, I realized like, whoever came up with social distancing, we need to just make it physical distancing. You can still have a mask on and you can still smile. Even if you can't see the smile, I think you can see a smile in someone's eyes, right? Like, I just feel like we took it to the extreme. And I think it's not, 
it's not any one individual's fault, but I do think when this started, I, I would have appreciated a change of terminology and just say, let's keep, let's make sure we're physically distanced. I think the word social distance means you have to keep yourself from connecting with other human beings. And I think that was isolating and alienating, especially for myself. I was, I'm quarantined, I was quarantined alone. And I, so sometimes I would literally just go outside just to, for my sanity, but also it's like to see another human being would be nice. Not that I need to be, you know, two feet away from them. I would obviously keep my distance, but I just felt there was this like fear. There was so much fear. And, and I think the phrasing, languaging is so important when it comes to the way we, we behave collectively. I can see that. When I first heard social distancing, I didn't think much of it. I, mm-hmm. thought, I thought it was just another buzzword. You know, I, th- I thought it was something that came out of a think tank where, you know, people are very specific about what words to use constantly. I was like, all right, social distancing, I get it. You know, you want us to be distant socially, I guess, out and about. That's how I interpreted it. But mm-hmm. I can see over time how it may have affected people in a way where it's, it becomes... Like the words start, it's sort of like a, I don't want to say water torture, but it's sort of like a, a drip that you keep hearing. Yeah. And now, you know, if you go anywhere, there's signs, you know, maintain social distance. And I'm thinking to myself, why can't they just write physical distance? Because you're still, you still want to encourage interaction with human beings. I mean, we're, we are human beings. We need interaction and we need social interaction. And so the, I thought that the word choice was a little off-putting. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Did you feel that insisting on masks was alienating as well? So in the beginning, I just didn't know. And I think a lot of us were in that place. But when we see what we've done as New York State and we see that face coverings and masks have have, have actually helped, I think we should all be complying to that. I absolutely do. So I don't think it's alienating. I think now we just need to do this for the collective good of the whole until we know better. Because right now we don't know what's next with COVID. And I think right now the data that we have, what we're given with, we're told that it actually helps. So yes, let's just be uncomfortable, sweat. I know it causes a lot of sweat. (laughs) It's like, let's just be uncomfortable. As you like to say, get moist with all this sweat. It's like, (laughs) I know it's doing all of that, but let's just do it for the greater good. See, for me, I was more open to the idea of masks because I keep up with a lot of things that happen in other Asian countries like South Korea and Japan. Mm -hmm. And the idea of them where they wear masks just because because they they a lot of times their situations are more pollution based right but i always kind of like the idea of a mask especially in a densely populated city like new york with the amount of cars that are driving around the amount of trucks like i'm thinking it from a pollution based standpoint we might or we should have probably transitioned to that type of thing a little sooner like maybe we could incorporate that a bit more in our society overall. But to me, I think with the messaging, it's sort of like how you, how you said that maybe they should have used a different word. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel with the masks, it, it's a little bit more tone. Uh, a lot of the times it, it has like a gruff uh, parental uh, or maybe even grand parental where it's just like, wear, wear the stupid thing, you dummy, more <laughs> so then could you please like it i would it would be nice if you could there's a certain politeness that doesn't that isn't necessarily there when you hear other people tell you to put masks on 
So there's yeah, the- it's definitely more command language. And I think for people who don't like to be told what to do and are very internal, like they know what's best for them. They, it's hard for them to hear, like do something. Right. 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 But, but if you, yeah. So it's like play around with the messaging. And I know, cause there were videos that were submitted for the mask Right. Like, I don't know if you saw it in some of Cuomo's briefings, but at one point there was this public service announcement with all these videos that were posted about masks and and wearing them. And I think, yeah, play around with the messaging. You have those folks that don't that can't tolerate the command language. So use different languaging to make it more of an invitation. But, yeah, I think ultimately it comes down to showing data and research. And I think New York State has proven that it has worked because our supposedly our numbers are down substantially. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard. We recently had no deaths in the city, I think about a week or so ago. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a step forward. I won't get into the the aesthetics of masks because I, I know that's a subjective conversation and that probably has no scientific uh, merit. But I do wish people didn't think of masks as just, oh, I don't, I don't want to look that way. I, 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 there's, there's a lack of coolness to wearing a mask. I don't, I don't understand that part, but that's just a small aside. Yeah. I mean, I wonder though, I don't know if that, does that exist? I feel like if you don't wear a mask, you get it, that look from people like, oh, that now you, you, yeah, you know, it's like that evil eye. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. So I don't even know if that aesthetic issue is there anymore. I don't know. Here, here in New York city, I don't think so. I would say early on there was a, a resistance to it because it was so new you know yeah people were just getting whatever they could across their face just because but they were like social distancing wasn't as strictly adhered to but i think over time we kind of realized you know what everybody else is having a hard time let's kind of straighten up and fly right so to speak and Mm -hmm. we kind of got on the ball as a city um but i've i've spoken to some people who i think when like covid was just in its like infancy where we were still, you know, kind of just blaming it on one region when it literally came through the back door. But they were talking to me about, oh, yeah, you know, I understand the idea of masks and what they do, but I just, I'm not going to, I'm not thinking about wearing one because of just how it looks. I, I don't like the way it looks on me. I don't like the way it feels or something like that. And I'm just like, I, I, I don't understand that mindset of because of how something looks, if it can protect you and help you live longer. Like, I don't understand, like there's a disconnect for me for that. But then I, I, I guess, like I said, I've, I'm, I'm more open to it. My biases toward the mask, I'm pro mask. So it's me seeing other people do it and then I want to do it, it. It makes it like an easier transition for me versus someone who's never really seen it. Or like you just see to correlate the mask with something like uh, either a dentist or like a doctor mm-hmm. versus it being like a social thing that you wear to protect yourself in general. And I think it's a New York City thing because uh, this weekend I was in Long Island and I was shocked that there were people walking around in groups with no masks on. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that like New York City and the boroughs are on point with the mask, but something different is going on Long Island. And I haven't been to upstate yet, so I don't know what's going on up there, but I was really surprised by just the difference between folks in Queens and folks in Long Island this weekend. I was shocked. Yeah. I, th- there must be something different about the messaging out there 
versus yeah, it. Yeah, I absolutely. And I don't know, because it's the same. Is it not de Blasio? I don't know. It's a whole different conversation, but it's like who the messaging is the same. No, it's through de Blasio and Cuomo. Right. But maybe it's it's filtered differently out there. I don't know. Yeah, because it was I was like a stark difference between when I got off the train and I and when I got back on and I came back to Forest Hills, I was like, whoa, that was just a complete different experience with the masks. Yeah, you had to put a, an extra handful of sanitizer on just... Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Gotcha. So you mentioned quarantining in the city by yourself. How do you think you held up? Yeah, so yeah. So that was... It's interesting. I feel like, you know, I'd st- I do a lot of study of Buddhism. And I actually thought to myself that if I did a reframe and told myself I was on a med- meditation retreat that I could hang through the quarantine. And I think it worked for a while where I was calm and grounded. And then I had my moments where I wasn't. And then I had my moments where I was lonely. And then I had my, mo- like, it was just a roller coaster. But I think ultimately my focus was, okay, what can I do where I'm at with what I have? And so I took the content I have, created it virtual, kept myself busy, and also spent a lot more time doing things that I never got to do. So I spent a lot of time in the park. I spent increased my meditation practice and have learned to love my own company so that now the next relationship I am in, I feel like I'm coming in in a, in a much more grounded place than ever before. Hmm. All right. Self-improvement. Shout out. Yes. Shout yes. Out. <laughs> um, you said you got reacquainted with the park. Just walks, just just absorbing nature, that type of thing? Yes. So walks, just being in nature and not rushing. So before BC, I was rushing to LaGuardia, rushing to JFK, and then I would rush to the hotel, and then I would rush to the office to wherever I was teaching, and then I would rush home. And it was like, my whole life was like rushing around. And I finally was like, hey, this is a moment. I don't know how long this moment's going to last, but I don't actually have to rush home. So I would spend like a couple of hours in the park. Yeah, walking, reading. I met some friends. We obviously kept our distance, right? So it was just like, it was a time to just not be in a rush. For me, that's what I experienced. Did that time alone also give you time to work on your book? Yes, yes. So I started my book last July and I went away on a retreat to start it and to get some momentum. And then when I got back to my real, like my normal life, I got so busy. So during the pandemic, when I've had moments, I have been able to write, but I still have a few few more chapters to go. It's just that I've been so busy teaching and facilitating and designing curriculum that I have, I have to carve out specific times. And quite honestly, I feel much more creative in nature. So when I, weigh, I, I went away on a retreat to the Poconos, it was a writer's retreat. And that really helped me because I was actually sitting in nature every day writing. And so I think I want to return there when it's safe to do so. And yeah, I think it definitely helped and sparked my creativity. Okay. So what is your book about? So my book is about, it's for Asian and South Asian women on how they can be their own cheerleader at work. Because culturally, it's not something that we're taught is to self-promote and because of that, and I, ch- I was challenged with it so often that I would get overlooked 
for promotions or I would get overlooked for certain things just because I didn't know how to self-promote. I didn't know how to speak about my own accomplishments. And I think there's a lot of women that deal with it. But I also think if you add on top of that layer of Asian and South Asian culture, it's just, again, that intersectionality piece where it's not something we're taught and we don't really know how to do it well. So I've broken up the, the book into cultural components, psychological and spiritual. Okay. Do you... <laughs> Uh, do you have another version of that book for men coming? <laughs> I, if I could get through this one for now, that would be a great accomplishment. And then, yeah, the next series might be targeted towards men. But I use myself. I use my experiences with people I've coached over the years, the thousands of people that have been in my classes. I kind of took a lot of different insights I received and you know, I've worked a lot, I've worked with a lot of women. So that's been, you know, I had a lot of data to work from. So it'll, I, if I do do another segment a series with, a, with men, I will have to make sure that I get ample amount of data to do that. I mean, just, just like an, an add on or like a, um, you know, how some books have like a little extra chapter that you sell after the fact. Yes. You can, just add, you can just add that on afterwards. Yes. All right. Okay. I like that. It's, it's be... like the four agreements versus the five agreements. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but he added the fifth one, which I thought was brilliant. I can wrap my mind around the idea of it, but I have I don't know about the four versus the five. Oh, okay. Person. Got it. But I, I get Yeah, it. but I get it brought me, it reminded me of that. So anyways. But yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be a lot of the same I mean, not necessarily as cultural, but yes, sure. exactly. So, uh, yeah, correct. The cultural piece is very specific, but the psychological, absolutely, it's relevant for anyone, and also the spiritual, it's relevant for anyone. Yeah, there's just in a spiritual, there's a lot more reference to Eastern philosophy and Eastern spirituality, but yeah, absolutely, it it could apply to anyone. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's from your frame of reference, so I can't really, tell, yeah, I can't tell you to write the book for my <laughs> taste specifically. But the only reason why I asked is because self-promotion is probably one of the things that I personally struggle with. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm the type to downplay a lot of things, whether it's um, a milestone or a success of any type. I kind of just, you know, do the hand wave and say, oh, shucks, you know, it's no big deal, that type of thing, rather than say, you know what, yes. Like, I don't want to be the arrogant, oh, well, yeah, of course, bow before me, I have done this thing. But it's more of that fine balance of saying, you know what, yes, thank you for giving me credit for the thing that I did. and the, Or telling other people, like, this is a thing that I've done. Like, mm -hmm. I, I guess especially on social media, maybe because there's no real playbook for it. Mm -hmm. where you could, you know. Yeah, I think I think what I'm going to do is when I have it published, I'm just, I'm going to send you a copy, hey. and you can go through it and tell me what you think to see if it has, if it helps you. Because I do believe that, yeah, you're right. The cultural piece, yes, it's specific, but the other aspects, absolutely. It doesn't matter if you're a female, male, if you're whatever gender you are. Like it applies. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. There's there there are probably a large number of people that need to read a book like that to sort of be able to say you know what i did a thing well and I, I would like to celebrate that maybe even just for five minutes like you know give oh absolutely i think that's the root thing right like again talking about the presenting issue versus what's actually going on it's like you cannot self-promote until you know how to give yourself that acknowledgement and encouragement Right. So learning how to internalize a compliment and actually sitting with it and feeling good with it. And then if you can do that, then you can absolutely go out and self-promote. Okay. 
see that's opening a door <laughs> in my mind that's like mm, this this is this is a i don't want to call it a scary place but this this is a a a much larger probably conversation that i'm like mm, i probably need to have that conversation i'm just i don't know if i'm gonna have it today right here yeah, exactly. We can absolutely take it offline and and talk about it because I do. I think it's really important for all of us, not just women or South Asian women or Asian women, but all of us, to actually feel good and take in and internalize compliments so that we can then impact the world with our work. All right. Um, all I'm, right. I'm staring. I'm staring out the window. Uh, <laughs> yes. Thinking about Thank you so family. much for your time and this ex- experience. It's been great. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. You've you've been a very, a very good guest. Very. Oh, I don't even like the way that sounds. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut that out. Um, but yes, you've you've been a great guest. Um, thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to see how it all unfolds for both of us. I I am too. I I will I will keep my eyes open to see how things are going for you. Uh, Perfect. In the, in the social media space. I hope you yes. do the same. Oh, be- Sounds good. Before before we part ways, uh, I would like you to tell the listeners mm-hmm. where they can find you on the internet. All right, all over the place. So LinkedIn, Neelacor, Facebook, same thing, Neelacor, Instagram, and the easiest place is my website. So neelacor.com. You can reach out to me, my email, or you can subscribe to the newsletter and. If you want to email me, it's nilu at nilucor.com. So what is normally in the newsletter? Just so people So the yeah, the newsletter is a range of topics and I don't I need to actually be more consistent with it, but it's it's basically what's going on, different articles, blogs I've written. If you don't get on the newsletter and you just go to the blog section of my website, you'll see some of the things that I've posted. Mm-hmm. So the newsletter is just current things that are going on. And I absolutely need to be more vigilant with, with posting. But I have a pretty wide distribution list. And yeah, I can't wait to post this podcast there. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to put this together. We've got, we've got a, we talked about a lot of stuff here. Yes, we did. So um, your uh, readers who will now become listeners will have a lot to hear and process. Yes, absolutely. It was a pleasure. Yes, it was. Okay. Um, So we will end this here. I will speak to you later on. Okay. Sounds good. And I would like to wish everybody a happy, uh, a good morning, a good afternoon, good evening. Uh, Enjoy your whole day or weekend whenever you're listening to this. And I'll get back to you later. All right. Sounds great. And we're done.